Sandra and Noah. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Theater World Podcast. My name's Noah Bender. And I'm Xander Nunchak. And Zen is all the way back from New York City. NYC. The city that never sleeps. Zen, you just took a trip to New York and saw a bunch of theater. Yeah, I you know what? It was a last minute trip. And and the reason why is I heard that company was closing, and I was like, damn. I need to get it's there important. before it closes. Yeah, it is. I mean, I got to see the queen, Patty Lapone. And then like, you know, while I was on my trip, things just kept unfolding, like as I was there. You strung together like five more shows. I, yeah, I saw, um, I saw six total. I could have saw seven. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, but uh, instead I went to, uh, on the last night I went to a karaoke Broadway bar. Well, actually, it was not really karaoke. There was a pianist. So, what, what's your karaoke Broadway song? Oh, oh my God! I sing so many. Um, back to before. We I sang, can never go yep. back to before. I sang the Diva's Lament from Spamalots. Fun, fun. Um, I made my friend Juan uh, Castro, who does a lot of our um, shows on Zoom. Yes, I made him sing Christine's role, um, and I sing the Phantom's role when we sing the title song. Oh, of course. Yeah. I, I, no, I don't yeah, know. I want to hear him hit those high notes. Oh, you know what? He was really good. Like, I was, I was very impressed about his, like, you know, tenor, high tenor sound. Wonderful. All right, let, well, let's get into the shows you saw, because sure. th- this is a theater world podcast. This is not the karaoke world podcast, okay? No, no, no. So, company, let's launch into that. Tony sure. winning revival, super, a lot of buzz, kind of yeah. controversial that it's being closed a little prematurely, one might think. What'd you think? You know, and and the thing is, is I'm very confused why it would be closing because the house that I was in was super packed. It seems like maybe just like the two leads, like, you know, um, Patti Lapone and what's her name? Uh, Katrina Lank. uh, Katrina Lank. Yeah. She, I feel like they were just like, let's, let's just like slide away, you know? But that show is too big to not just replace them. Right. And, and you know, the thing is, is like they started the show before the pandemic then they sat like you know for two years doing right. nothing and then came back to the show opened it back up steven sondheim was still alive mm-hmm. in the audience watching it and then he dies and now now they're closing it's like so weird because patty lapone is great but she's not the reason why company is a great show no but i have to say she is an amazing ensemble member oh like, yeah because it's something that she doesn't do very often no, I mean, I, you know, and, and it was good because she didn't really pull attention away from everyone else, but she was like very cooperative. It seemed like, you know, she, there was scenes where she would take a photo and you would see like her taking a photo with someone else. And you're like, oh my gosh, but like, you know, she, she learned how to dial back her diva stardom right. for those scenes. But then, you know, when she was on stage singing like She's the most iconic song, you're like, whoa. Um, one scene that really stood out to me. I don't, I don't really, I mean, whatever, it's going to close anyway. <laughs> I'm like, you're not going to go see Spoil it. Unless... Away. I'll see it on tour, yeah. but I don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's, okay. it's, it's a 50-year-old it's a show. We, we, you can exactly. Well, you know, there's like this scene where Bobby has like visions of like all the things that happened maybe in her life. Like if she went with this person or if she did this or how her life would be. Uh-huh. And Patti LuPone comes on stage with like a Bobby wig on and like a Bobby outfit because she was always in this red 
Katrina was always in this red dress, this red uh-huh. jumpsuit right. the entire show, like no costume changes at all. And she comes in and she, you see Patty LuPone kind of like come in and it looks like, like a Muppet. She's coming <laughs> in like a Muppet. And then she goes to the bathroom. She like fully, like you see her take her pant, her underwear down. And then she sits on the toilet and then she does like a little shake and then gets up. Like <laughs> I was, I was dying. Like, yeah, you'd think there's a, there'd be a lot of things that are like in Patty's contract that Patty does not do this. Patty does not work in the ensemble right. where it's like, no, she's just like an actor like everyone else. Exactly. She's like, I feel like she even came up with like, can I get a little shake? Can I do a little shake or something? <laughs> you know, like, she's like, you gotta either wipe or you like, you know, get out, go. So what was the, what was the best song in, in company? Um, you know, I, I really like being alive. However, uh, marry me a little is, was more, I mean, it's the end of act one mm-hmm. and I think it's more impressive. I didn't see, I did see it on the day that they didn't have rain for some reason. Apparently it's supposed to rain during Marry Me a Little. Oh, that's odd. And I know. And I was like, oh, really? There was more, more to it. But um, yeah, being alive, it just seemed like, um, not being alive, Marry Me a Little just seemed like the best song. I mean, and obviously Ladies Who Lunch, that was just. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is 11 o'clock number showstopper. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all of Bobby's songs are just so rich with emotional complexity. There's, yeah. there's so many emotions going on and so much indecision uh, that make her that character what it is. And right. that is at the heart of what makes that show so compelling, even 50 years after it was written, and why it's still mm-hmm. relevant now. Yeah, and um, in the show company, like at the very end, I, I don't know if everyone's familiar. Well, we'll... we'll Maybe this will inspire people. Listen to company, too. it's good. Yeah, listen to company or read the synopsis or whatever. But at the very end of the show, uh, like towards like the very end, um, Patty Lapone is like this rich heiress. And um, in the London version, and, and in the 1960s and 70s, yeah, 1970s version, um, it's supposed to be some lady like coming on to Bobby. And in the London version, she comes on to Bobby as well. And mm-hmm. in this version, she offers up her husband. So mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting how they changed it a little bit. I mean, I, I was like, you know, either way would have been fine. But um, I don't know. Good moment. It's interesting. Yeah. All right, let's move on. What did you see next? You saw a bunch. You saw the whole I gamut. saw a bunch, yeah. Actually, um, I saw, as I was flying into, like, I guess I got on the plane or, like, as I was getting on the plane, I read about Paradise Square and they're like, oh, we're closing Sunday. That was it. Like, it was like, we have like less than a week. Yeah, what yeah. a what a rocky ending that, that, that this show is having. Uh, people not getting paid, producers laundering money, yeah. all these controversies. It yeah. seems like such a fun, or not fun, well, such a great show that is kind of uh, being sabotaged in a way. Yeah, and it's such a shame because, you know, um it does have like these things that are very relevant today you know like um equality and you know just being human you know like Mm -hmm, being mm -hmm. human to one another and um it's a great show i definitely think there are like so many different subplots that like take away from like the main thing where you just like want to live in peace and harmony with one another um the dancing has like these, th- there's this one scene where there's like this Irish dance off slash like African 
centric dance off and um there it's like the big climactic ending mm -hmm. like one of these men needs to win and one was to live a better life and, and away from uh, away from slavery in like the north and the other is to not have the draft and go to the civil war and pay off his draft dues high so stakes like yeah very high stakes give us a little background what's the premise of the show because i mean there's no cast album out yet yeah. and not, not many people have seen it and it's going off broadway so tell us what the show is about and what you liked about sure. it um you know it might be even questionable that they will even do a cast recording because of all this so it's I thought they already made one. It just hasn't come oh, maybe, out yet. Maybe. That's, That's what I heard. Um, so Paradise Square is based on this, um, the five points of um, in New York. Uh, it's a little bit below Midtown. Mm -hmm. And this area was um, very peaceful for Irish people and very peaceful for African American people. And they lived in harmony and they met this like one bar slash saloon where they all kind of just like got and along. Paradise Square. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it was definitely, there was like hookers and there were like people that just were like, that felt like they were outcasts, but they all felt like they belonged in this place, mm -hmm. this bar, the saloon. And um, Joaquima's part, um, who is the most amazing, the like the last finale, whatever, is such a great song, um, Let It she Burn. killer. But yes. I mean, you saw, like, if you watch the Tonys, the Tonys you yeah, see, like, a little bit of it. That was one of the highlights of, of the Tonys. Yeah. They didn't even, like, have her sing the entire song, which I was like, oh, no, no, that's, we want more. But anyway, mm -hmm. she owns this bar with her husband, who is Irish, and she is African-American. Uh-oh. And, and then her, her sister-in-law is Irish, and, um, her brother or her sister-in-law is also married to an african-american so there's lots of like intermingling and the paradise square basically ends when the civil war begins mm -hmm. when irish people are only allowed to fight and african-americans aren't allowed to fight they're not allowed to go and then the irish people kind of start getting like you know a little angry that they're fighting for a cause that they didn't really want to start in the beginning with you right. know so right and then there's like riots in the streets and stuff like that. And I've heard that the choreography is just spectacular. Oh, for sure. I mean, like there was, um, let's see, a standout performer who plays Owen, what's his name? I'm gonna like pull it up. Standout performer, um, AJ Shively. He, mm -hmm. he has like the best, you know, it's like, and he has like two background dancer guys. I'm like, where did they get him from? You know, like the, the Lord of the Flies or something, or the Lord of the Rings or whatever they do, the Lord of the Dance. Oh, Lord of the um, Dance, yeah, yes. You know, they, they were like flying in the air and like kicking their legs up and it, step was, dancing. it was amazing. Yes, doing like, their step dancing, like, their Irish like stepping. Dance. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any so. other highlights? Anything else you want to mention about this show? Um, You know, I, I think it would be great for community theaters to do potentially one day. I mean, obviously you have to correct cast for this. Sure, you got to have the right looking people. But yeah, it seems like it seems like a high intensity show. Like you, yeah, you have to have a lot of, of people with very specific abilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, in the end, it has a great like you know story. Um, she ends like Joaquina sings this big like "Let It Burn" song, right. and she ends it with like saying that we were living in the future that has not yet been lived or reached or mm. something. And I was like, oh my God, you know. That's poignant. And 
I was crying and I just got off the plane. I had nowhere to go. So I've been wandering streets for like, you know, a few hours and, and the salty, salty tears ran through my eyes and I was like, ah, my eyes are burning. So it was great. It was a a moment. Give us a five star rating. What, What would you rate it? Um, out of five, let's see. Um, I think I would give it a, a, a four, um, just because, you know, there was just a lot of subplots going on. Okay. Yeah. You think there's a little too much going on, maybe a little editing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now let's move on. And you saw quite possibly the hottest show on Broadway this summer, the star studded revival of Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods, which I know is your favorite musical. It's your number one favorite musical, right? Uh, yes. I mean, like, I've watched this musical, I mean, when I was a little kid, it was like always on PBS, I think, every single time. And then my mom would be like, okay, well, um, you know, five-year-old Sandra, go home, go to bed. It's time for bed. <laughs> act two starting. So, yeah, yes. you know, af- oh, after a while, I did actually see that too. But, um, okay, Into the Woods. Like, I did get to see the understudy for Little Red that's okay. Totally um, I made a point of it to get an orchestra seat and sit in row H on the aisle. And I have to say, space-wise for the St. James Theater, mm-hmm. it was a good idea to have an aisle seat because like your your knees are like hitting up the back, the back of the chairs. Oh, it's really narrow? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, word the wise if you're all thinking about going to St. James okay. Theater. <laughs> um, but let me just say that like the entire cast was flawless. They were, you know, there's um, Sarah Bareilles. She's amazing, you know, superstar, whatever. Um, it's all Creel. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Brian Darcy uh, James. Yes, 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 Joshua yes. Joshua Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one person that really, that I was watching the entire time, even when the ensemble was on stage, was Philippa Sue. Philippa Cinderella. Sue. Yeah, she's as Cinderella. But she has like these like, qualities about her that you just have to watch the entire time. Um, one of them, you know, when you see Cinderella up here, she always mm-hmm. falls down the stairs or whatever, you know, and that one, I don't know if you know, like when they revived it the second time, Laura Benanti did it and she actually broke her neck falling down these like what? flights of stairs. Yes. Yes. Like there's a better was, way to do that. Right. So, I mean, like, Philippa Sue fell down three three tiers of stairs the first time. Uh-huh. Um, the second time, you see her, like, inching down the stairs, like, because she knows that she's going to fall, maybe fall. Uh-huh. And then at the, when she gets to the bottom, she falls flat, flat on her face. And then the third time, you see her, like, crawling down the stairs, <laughs> and then she makes it all the way down without falling, because then she sings Steps of the Palace. But, like... Of course, you got to be full force for that one, for that song. Exactly. Um, Patina Miller also, I mean... Yeah, let's talk about Patina Miller, because she's a powerhouse. Besides, like, being the, the most fantastic witch on stage, I her arms are, like, so toned. I was just like, oh my gosh, girl. She's sculpted. <laughs> oh, she is. Like, and she was running around as the witch in, like, maybe five-inch heels, wow. like, the entire time. <laughs> so I was I mean, just like... Yeah. The witch is one of the richest roles in all of musical theater. Mm-hmm. There's so much. And in last that. midnight was great. Um, yeah, it was just an amazing experience, and I was so glad that I, you know, paid the extra money, and just for that experience. What do you think separates this revival from other versions of this musical? Well, you know, it's more like the the in concert version. You know, there's a little less scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I did like the puppetry, you know, that the, when they had the giants, they had oh, yeah. like kind of um, two people with like boots that they would walk around with and they would like make them like jump around. Oh, so you'd only see cool, the feet. You had to, yeah, you'd have to use your imagination for right. the rest of the body. Um, you know, and then Milky White the is a show stealer as well. Yeah, Milky White is just like the person who plays it also has like these really great expressions. So he's like moving the head and then like he makes like these faces like when he's looking at it, there's like one part where um, if you know the show, Milky White dies <gasps> and then the witch, I know, sorry, spoiler alert, um, Milky White dies and then um, the witch brings Milky White back to life, but they have the puppet on stage and then like she's like doing this thing and then she looks at it and then she she calls off stage. She's like, "Come over here!" And then like the the puppetry the puppet guy comes in, the puppeteer comes in, guys comes in, and he here and he pulls up Milky White and goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of room for 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 play and comedy uh, when you when yeah, you're playing Milky White. Yeah, and characterization because it's such an absurd role. Mm -hmm. And it's done differently in every version of that show. <laughs> yeah, like you see one of the the show like he he plays when uh, Sarah Bareilles buys the cow from Jack, he doesn't want to go with her. Mm -hmm. So she just starts dragging the puppet and then like just pulls the puppet away from the puppeteer. And then the puppeteer is just like, and then he just walks off stage. I saw a funny meme that said, uh, what is it with Brian Darcy James where he always plays roles in the St. James Theater where he has trouble accepting help from his wife? You're, you know what, that's really funny. Huh. Because that's where he did something rotten as well. Mm -hmm. And mm. there must there must be a third example or something. Shrek? No. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, he doesn't really like accepting help from That's Donkey. true, that's true. Yeah. But it's, but it's, it's the exact James? same dynamic as as Baker's wife and Baker and uh, Nick Bottom and what's his wife's mm -hmm. name in, in something rotten? May? May? Oh, yeah. Bob? Like she has like, she has like a, she has a, a male name. Fred? Fred? Not Fred. Maybe. I don't know. You know Something. who I'm talking about. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. What would you, what would you, what, what kind of rating would you give in the, the new Into the Woods? Uh, maybe I'm biased. I don't know. You got to give it a half. five. Oh. No, four and a half. Four and a half. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, it was, I mean, it was everything that I wanted to see. And I, and I, I, I just wanted more i don't know what sure. what more i wanted but i just wanted more you wanted a happy ever after huh <laughs> yeah where's act three yeah it's so funny that they have at that show they've got signs in the lobby right that say please don't leave the 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 show is not over at act yeah. one because you know people who've never seen that show might think that happy ever after is oh, yeah. really the, is really the end it i mean yeah, why not? You can you can definitely like let some kids leave that early and keep the rest. I don't but know. But you have to see how it all the consequences of it all and how it all changes them again. Yeah, the the funny thing is is like Stephen Sondheim really was like, you know what, you're, you Baker, Baker's wife, you're a cheater. I'm gonna have to punish you. You know, <laughs> yeah, must have had some really big issues with the I don't know. Classic. Cheating. All right, anyway. let's move on. You saw also the longest running show on Broadway, the classic tourist fair, Phantom of the Opera. This was my first time seeing it on Broadway. Like, Oh, okay. 
Yeah, so I had to. And also I was I was supposed to see my voice teacher that I took like right, right. Two you and know a half the person who plays Carlotta. voice lessons from. Yeah, she plays Carlotta and she had laryngitis. So oh, I didn't that's get to a see shame. her, unfortunately, which means I probably will have to go back and see it some other time. Um, but in this cast, I mean, I sat in the box with my friend David. With David, who is a for former Theater World guest, that's right? We also notably the the biggest fan of Phantom that I know. He's he's seen it at least twenty times. Yeah, so but he was on. like pointing out all this these like places where he sat in the theater. He's like, uh -huh. oh, I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there, and I was like, where's your favorite place to sit? And he's like, front row, orchestra, center. Um, of course, you know, like. The, the chandelier drops and it doesn't do it like the touring company where it just kind of like, Ching, and there you go. Um, it really it's falls. Like fully, like, swings into the house through the audience oh, wow. and into the, yeah, into the, uh, the curtain. But Emily, um, who plays uh, the Christine. Christine. She, yeah, Christine. she was amazing. And I, you know, there's a scene where she sings, think of me. Right. And, um, Raul is sitting in box stage left. I was sitting in house stage right or house right. Uh -huh. So when she's singing, think of me, and she comes out forward a little bit, you know, because like she's singing to the, the audience too. Mm -hmm. And she's singing like, think of me. And she's like looking directly up at our box. And I'm like, she's singing to us. She's wow. singing to us. It was so <laughs> cool. Like she was definitely like, hello, hello, you know, but you know, it's supposed to be Raul. Yeah, it must feel so immersive watching a show like that from an opera box on the side. You get an oh entirely different view. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a part where there's a stagehand that comes in and like, you know, the, the whole thing in the beginning is all covered and he like pulls down like he's in the lower box below, like yeah. that comes in in front of us. And then the part where the phantom is behind the angel, like mm. during all I ask of you, I he's like crouching behind the angel. No one can see him, but like the people in the box. Right, because you're on the very side. Yeah, so like I, the entire time he's like wearing his little hat. He's like crouching down. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like I, I want him to look over here and wave or something. How was the Phantom? Because that show lives or dies by how good the Phantom is. Okay, Ben Crawford is a superstar. And I was like, is he related to like Michael, Michael Crawford? Crawford? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea, but like he is son? a superstar. His voice is so rich, deep, um, beautiful, smooth. Uh, you know, the notes came out very clearly. And, you know, if you want to go see like an amazing show, they just have, it's like really nicely oiled. You know, they have the pyrotechnics. Right. They have like the fun things that come out of the floor or like from the, the top or like they fall from things. I'm it's sure they've like, got, I'm sure they've got crew members on that show who've been working there for 20 years. Like, it's, yes. It's such a steady job. Like they're never going to yes. cancel Phantom of the Opera. In fact, I think like one of the the conductor that was conducting the show um, probably did it from since the eighties. That's because insane. she did not use a score at all. Like she had like nothing in front of her. She was just you know they've, they've got it down pat. Yeah, sometimes she'd use a baton. Sometimes she'd use her hands, and I was just like in awe of this person that just like you know, knew the score backwards and forwards. And then David said that she like goes and trains people to play the, or to conduct um, the Phantom. It's, it, yeah, it's such a machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, was, 
I feel like the Phantom, my my opinion is, maybe this is just the version that I've seen it, but I think the Phantom works best when he is like a rock singer. Ooh. Yeah, like, I would love to see Adam Lambert or something like that. Oh, yeah. Right? You could you're totally like, bring the... Yeah, the, 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 the man of mystery. Because I think yeah. the Phantom really is a rock singer. Like, to to... You have to, you know, you have to get really languid and baritone for music of the night, but for something yeah. like Phantom of the Opera, and all of, and also all of his, all the stuff he sings in between the songs, like da, 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 like just wet, like belting, 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 yeah. um, and yeah, like w- the ones I, I think I've, I, I've either seen it once or twice, and it's either like a consummate Broadway guy. Or someone who was on The Voice. Yeah. Ben, ben Crawford, I think, was a good mixture of both. You know, like, he was, he's very Broadway, but he's also sounded very rocker, like, in, in some points. So mm-hmm. it was good. He didn't sound like Ramin. He sounded like a combination between Marine, Ramin and maybe Michael Crawford and some other phantoms mixed in. All right. Give it a five-star rating. <laughs> I'm giving it a five. I really oh, wow. am. Like, I mean, it's special. It was, it's a special. I almost went again, like on Monday. Like my friend Juan was like, "I'm going to sing at this place." Like, and I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna have like um, Instagram vote or something." So I like put out like options. <laughs> I was like, "Stay in, go see Phantom again, go to Chicago because I really didn't want to, but whatever. If somebody voted for it, I would do it." And Did then you see Chicago, I didn't. Uh, but oh. you know, Jennifer Holiday was in it, and I was like, "Oh, maybe." She'd Maybe. be good. I know. Ch- Chicago was the first show I ever saw on Broadway, so it's kind of special to me in that way. Yeah, I mean, and she was playing Mama, Mama Morton, so of course it would have been amazing, you know. And I am telling you, just throw it in. Give me money. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what's next? What'd you see next? You saw two more, three more? Yes, I saw two more. I saw Funny Girl, the very controversial Funny well, speaking Girl. Speaking of Ramin Karimlu. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So um, all the other tickets that I did, I did rush and I did them in person. So like I got up early, waited in line to the box office opened. Um, company was the earliest one that I got to. I got there at like 8.30 and I was mm-hmm. like the third in line or the fourth in line. So, and then I talked to like, you know, some regular characters that love theater. You but yeah, to funny the Times Square Elmo and, and Times Square Cowboy. No, I didn't. I didn't go to the TKS booth. I went oh. to each theater. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no. Oof. <laughs> Could you imagine? I tried to stay away from them. They looked like they had lice or something. You're not buying your tickets from the Naked Cowboy in, in Times Square? Um, I mean, if you have like front row seats, I'd buy it. I yeah. would totally do it. They should use those people to hawk the tickets to the shows no one wants to see. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but, but continue. Funny Girl. Yeah, Funny Girl. Okay, so Funny Girl is very controversial. Funny Girl, like... um. It's. I wanted to see Beanie Feldstein. She was in it, and right. Um, but I mean, she I would have. She got tonsillitis. She got tonsillitis like the day after I saw it. That sucks. Day, and and she's back in, but like I was wondering, like you know, the day after I saw it, I was like, am I going to? Is she just not going to come back? Because um, the day that I was waiting in line, or the day before, I was waiting in line when I was wandering the streets after I got my tickets for Paradise Square. I walked by the theater because I wanted to see where the August Wilson's theater's location was. And I saw like a moving truck and things going into, 
into a moving van mm-hmm. and um one of it looked like an equity cot and i was like oh my god are they just like moving her out they're evicting like, her I, yeah because the day that i got there was wednesday and tuesday was the one the announcement where she made like i'm leaving earlier actually i'm gonna be sane until the end of the month it's a shame yeah. what has been happening to beanie feldstein on the show because she really is the victim in all this yeah i mean like they were like, oh yeah, we'll just, you know, put you in and like build and build the show off your, you know, star quality or whatever, right, or your clout. And, and hopefully that'll sell. I mean, and, and they said in the beginning it sold, but uh, you know, the, the reviews really kind of were very mean and didn't really focus on just her um, mm-hmm. acting and singing ability. Right. So yeah. how was the show? Did you end up seeing Beanie Feldstein in the role of Fanny Bryce? I did. Yes. Okay, so what'd you think? I saw, um, you know, I thought she was entertaining. I I think she's more of a TV actress. And a yeah. lot of the comedy jokes were very, like, close to her. Where mm-hmm. I think, you know, Fanny Bryce is a vaudeville star. Where it needs to be, everything needs to be, like, to the back of the theater. Right. So, and I think, like, the direction, a lot of the direction was, like, wow, she's really short. And these girls are really tall. And we're yeah. going to, like, kind of do that. And then she'll make, like, a few faces. Like, maybe she'll cross her eyes or or maybe she'll just roll off something. But like, that was like kind of like the little gags that they were working with. Um, it was entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it seems it's not the best show to begin with. Yeah, and and you know, the very end, uh, act two is just pretty horrible. I mean, Fanny Bryce is an amazing performer and she had like three different marriages and they just focus on one in this musical. And, and they don't like, promote her being like a big star at the end. They're just like, oh, well, um, Nikki Arnstein's gone. Oh, well, but I wanted to see like one big final, bam, like she goes, hello, gorgeous. And then she like kills it, you know, like, and like does a yes. big- She doesn't have an 11 o'clock number? I mean, she sings like, what is it? The, the My Man or whatever. Yeah, I don't Not know that show man. that well. Like, I, only, I know like three songs from it. Oh, uh, what do happy people do? You're a funny girl. What, one of these numbers is like, oh, the music that makes me dance. That's like such, such like a. Yeah, like I, and then the finale, which is just basically like everyone just comes in and is like, hey, here she is. Yeah, but I whatever. wanted like some kind of like funny vaudeville number that maybe was an original, you know, like go back to Fanny Bryce's original jokes. Yeah. And get, give me something. How do you think Leah Michelle is going to do? Because it's total life imi- or life imitating art, a prophecy right. fulfilled of her being in the oh show. My God. Yeah, there's so much in Glee that you're just like, oh my God, she said that she was going to do this all and it happened. Um, so do I think Leah Michelle would sing a- and kill all the songs? Yes. She's going to sell I tickets. Think, yeah. Do I think she'll sell tickets? Absolutely. Do I think she will be likable on stage? No. No. I don't <laughs> yeah, think no. So. I have I I don't think she'll be even funny. Like they'll just be like, oh. <laughs> she was never that funny. No, no. I mean, she played all like the bitchy kind of characters in either, either Glee or um that other show, Screen Queens. I haven't seen her in anything except Glee. Yeah, Screen Queens was just like, oh, there she is, another kind of Rachel Berry character. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, her try. Too. I mean, I bet that show will last like a few months after she's in it and that's it. Like, I, I don't see it making it to the end of the year. 
Yeah. You know, I was really hoping that they would cast Rachel Bloom. I don't know if you know her, but right, she's of course, crazy yeah. ex-girlfriend. Yeah. I was like, she would be a perfect. Like, she's funny. Do you think she's she a little too sing. old to be Fanny Bryce? I mean, okay. If you can think about Bernadette Peters in the late 90s playing Annie Oakley, who's supposed to be a 14-year-old, and she's like in her oh. like 50s, <laughs> or Reba McIntyre. <laughs> like, so, I mean, on stage, anything goes, I think. Yeah, like I think Rachel Bloom would be great. I mean, I haven't heard her sing that much. Like I've, I've, of course, seen bits of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but I don't know her. I don't know her full range. Like, I, like Rachel Bloom is definitely lovable on stage and deserves a big right. opportunity. I'm surprised she hasn't had a, a turn on Broadway yet, or, or Crazy maybe Ex-Girlfriend should just go to stage. You know, just like yeah. kind of condense it, pick the best songs. And she's got a fan base for sure. Like, I yeah, yeah they, they should have done like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend on tour. I don't know why they didn't mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, that would have been amazing. So yeah, overall, I would give Funny Girl mm, three stars. Oh, really? That much? I, I, I thought I was expecting yeah. two. The ensemble was great. I'm just going to give it that. Like the dance numbers, everything. I bet the big vaudeville numbers are fun. Yeah, big, big numbers where everyone's on stage and dancing and singing and there's a tap song and, right. you know. And yeah. Jared Grimes, the tap dancer, is, is phenomenal. Yes, yes. So, All right, let's, last show. let's round it out. What's the last show you saw? Last show, um, I saw Moulin Rouge. It was oh, kind yeah. of like an unexpected because I, Hannah um, just entered into this lotto and she's like, oh yeah, you got Moulin Rouge on Sunday. And I was like, oh, okay, let's go. Uh-huh. So it has Derek Lena. I would have loved to see Aaron sure, of course. in it. Of course. I, I mean, his voice is just like better. Uh, Derek Lena is just a pretty boy and he has a nice voice too but like it's just not the same range as as Aaron um I just was kind of jarred with some of the songs I didn't really I mean I have it seems overstimulating right it's there's the worst part was when um you know like Satine is like they're like well Satine you basically have to sell your body for the entire Moulin Rouge of course. And she's sitting there, like, looking at herself, like, she's, like, dying pretty much. She knows already, because she's, like, has consumption. And then uh-huh. she looks at herself in the mirror, and she's, like, do, do you have a Yeah, so like stupid. A paper bag, or whatever so she says. So stupid. And I'm, like, wait, what? Like, you're singing Firework, where in the movie version, she sings, like, one day I'll fly away. I know it's not, like, the biggest, like, you know, singing song, but, like, that's iconic. Moulin Rouge, it seems stupid to me. Yeah. Like, I, I get that they take it a little less seriously and they're in on the joke and it's like a, a, a who's who of radio pop from the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the movie had like, what, 10 or 15 songs in it and now yeah. the musical has 75 songs in it. It seems excessive with no point like yes it's supposed to be entertaining yes it's all about the spectacle i'm sure the lighting i'm sure the costumes the choreography the performances are are swell but i listen to the soundtrack and it just makes me cringe it makes me go oh this is not what i want yeah yeah um i mean like i just remember sitting in the audience and i think whenever a song started and you knew it was a pop song like everyone just started like cracking up like it was just not from the, it was, if it wasn't from the movie and we already expected it, people yeah. were starting to laugh. Um, laughing especially, at it. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, laughing at it. Especially during the song where um, Satine like breaks up with Christian. He's like on the floor. He's like, oh, this is horrible. He's like in a pool of spotlight and everything else is dark around him. And he's like, I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my yes, mind. So and you're stupid. Like, no, no, not crazy, please. Not that song. Like, it seems like a show that knows what it is and is trying to be camp, but just mm -hmm. isn't. Yeah. It's just yeah. stupid. It like, I mean, Moulin Rouge to me, I haven't seen it yet. I like, it's in LA right now and I'm probably not gonna spend a hundred dollars to see it. Mm -hmm. But it seems like it's a show for people who don't care about Broadway. Yeah, you know, it, or, or like those fangirls that are like, oh my gosh, like I love Derek Kalina. You know, there was a lot of those girls that were like, ah. Yeah, spoon, he's a heartthrob. But yeah. there's just like, the the um the duke his song's like i want to make you feel oh. like you're the only girl in the world like yes I, I didn't even like the original movie like it's so bizarre hearing roxanne you don't have to put on the red light like so yeah. stupid and Worst i was thingly. like wondering what i mean like they don't have the um the spaniard that sing roxanne it's like it's it's Christian's part now. They're like giving all these songs away to him. Um, but I did like Bad Romance combo song that is written I'm by- I'm sure the medleys are awesome. Yeah, that one was pretty good because like, you know, it's like big dance number and then it slowly transitions or not so slowly because, you know, it's dancing into like um, Toxic yeah. like, by Britney Spears. It's just like, woo! Like, I bet it works when they're using these jukebox songs to kind of illustrate the mood of the Moulin Rouge Club or like when their songs are supposed to be a performance. To me, where it falls apart is where they're trying to make these radio pop songs diegetic and try mm -hmm. to like make it part of the scene that they're like singing about their endless love or whatever. Right? Yeah. Like that seems like the most awkward moments to me. Right. And then there's like harmonies that are different that they changed. Like um, in Come Up May, which, you know, like in the movie, it's like a great song. They have like different harmonies in the musical. And I'm like, well, why are you changing it? Like, I love the way it sounded for the movie. I know, you know, I want to make it different, but like it ended like, they're like, Come Up May. And then like, it was kind of like an American Idol ending, you know, when they're just like, and that's it. Um, yeah, the, and, yeah, that's it's the kind of stuff they do on American Idol. It's exactly what they do yeah. on American Idol. I worked on yeah. American Idol this season, and it was all just like mashups of straight down the middle pop songs sung in show offy ways that were not impressive. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is like when I'm going through this program, I was like trying to find like what songs next or whatever. There are no song lists in this. Like, so if they decided to change it in the middle of the run. Well, yeah, they they want you to be surprised and be like, oh, ho, ho, they they they, how do they fit yeah. this uh, Lady Gaga song in there? Or like, what do they do? So what? I'm still a rock star. I oh, got yeah. my rock moves. Like, yeah. So, um, um, my favorite though was uh, when the whatever the ringmaster guy's name is, he like you know they're drinking um, the the green of uh, the green bottle. Oh, right. And 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 all of a sudden he starts singing. Um, I'm oh, going yeah. to oh, scream. Oh, and I God. started applauding. I started, I started a, a big clap for everybody. Everyone started clapping when he started singing. Because oh, I was God. like, this is so stupid. I'm like, ah! I liked the RuPaul's Drag Race uh, rusical better. Did oh, you see gosh, that this year too. when they did Mulan yes. Ru? So much. Yes. Like, that was actual camp. 
Lady Camden, what a killer. Yes, of course. <laughs> but I mean, like, I wonder if Moulin Rouge would have been so successful if it had come out in a year where there were any other shows, right? Because hmm. it came yeah. out in 2020 and like, wow, it won 10 Tony Awards because it was uh -huh. the only thing nominated. Yeah, I guess that, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think the draw alone, the name, they know the movie. People are like, oh, wow, the movie. Yeah. I think people just go because it's similar. Like, you know, if, if there was a big movie out that, I, I just think people are used to going to be like, oh, I saw this in the, the movie theater. Yeah. Now I'm going to see it on stage. And that's, that's really what's bringing in people now. Kind of like Greatest Showman where it's mm -hmm. the the songs are entertaining but it just it's weird it's it rubs me the wrong way to hear people sing oh yeah pop songs with musical theater inflections or right, and, musical theater songs with pop inflections yeah and i was i remember seeing the greatest showman laughing with hannah herbert hunt like we that were movie just, was like, so stupid that. yeah the entire time and then like you know at one point you're thinking like the the opera singer jenny lind is gonna be an opera singer they're like oh she's the best opera singer in the entire no, she's world a pop belter. yeah and i'm like that does not work for me like at least pick one song where she's like oh she's yeah. like no never enough tomato tomato yeah all right so give us your rating okay moulin rouge uh, one star i i want to say like two and a half yeah yeah. I mean, it's going to tour and it's going to make a lot of money and people are going to really like it, but it's a skip for me. Yeah. Don't go see it unless you get like free tickets or you win the lottery or something like that. And don't listen to the soundtrack unless you want to stab your ears out. Yeah. Or, I mean, or just listen to the bad romance part. because Listen to I the actual like the pop best. songs. Listen yeah, to... Or or the original cast recording, or the original soundtrack, just, just do Yeah, that. and you can hear how great of a singer Nicole Kidman is, not. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, she was auto-tuned a little bit. Yeah, whatever. Boz Lerman is, I mean, that was the right movie for Boz Lerman to make, but yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. Anyway. All right, <laughs> that well, was... that, this, is, this has been a, a wonderful little recap uh, of your trip. Anything yeah. you'd like to add before we sign off? Sure. I mean, I, I saw, I went to Sardis for the first time too. That was pretty cool. Oh, with all the and, headshots. And yeah. Caricatures. And, and I just went to the bar. I just, uh, with my friend David and, um, I sat next to this lady that looked kind of like Elaine Stritch. And obviously she's not Elaine Stritch because Elaine Stritch is dead, but she was drunk and she was drinking, uh, like out of a martini glass. <laughs> she just kept drinking martinis. And then my bartender would like look over at her and be like, Oh, you want another one? And she just kept talking to me. Um, I'll drink and I to thought that. maybe, she, yeah, maybe she'll buy me a drink at least, but no, <laughs> she did not. <laughs> Classic. But yeah. So that, that was the, the highlight too of Sardis. <laughs> well, that sounds awesome. I, I, I want to go to New York again so bad. I haven't been since 2015. Um, yeah, I, I don't know when I'm going to make it, it out there. I mean, sure. There's just so hashtag Broadway is back, baby. For sure. I mean, you can definitely tell. And then I found out that week that I was there, it, it was the highest grossing sales since like before the pandemic. Because you went so right Broadway after the Tonys. So definitely back. Yeah. So um, I, I would say, Noah, if you were to go back, uh, go after some new shows open in like, you know, companies going. So that's going to be closing. And then like mm -hmm. Paradise Square is going so that you, need, you at least have two new shows that are going to come in. 
and then I know into woods might be get it, getting extended. So maybe, maybe uh, I'm not going this year. I don't have the time or money to do it this year, <laughs> but let's sign off. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the theater world podcast. Yes. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 from that chandelier. Ooh, I'm going to swing. Could you imagine? Oy. All right. <laughs> Bye.